Jamie, ready? Yep, all good, mate. It's that time of the week again. We are back for episode four. Welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you for tuning in once again. We're here with another top-notch podcast. Here's what's coming up on today's episode. We'll be speaking to Becca about her time in women's football. And we have the third round of knockout questions to see if Becca can knock Lewis off of the top spot. And we'll be ending the show with Becca's experience with Deli Alley. But first, there's some big news in the world of sports. Wayne Rooney has retired from playing after being appointed Derby County Manager on a permanent basis. James, yeah. what do you think of this news? Top guys in top players in I remember he's in watching him when I was like a kid as well and having him as a little uh, football man. We used to get little football men when he was like younger playing for yeah. Everton. He was there yeah, even from the start you could see he had something about him and then United signed him and then the rest was history he's in one that I was saying before, like the podcast about that goal against City though, honestly, that overhead kick. Yeah, it was a crazy goal. But yeah, what do you think? Yeah, top. I reckon be a top manager. I think he'll get. I reckon it'll be similar to like Gerard or hopefully Lampard, but he's struggling at the minute. Well, he's got plenty of experience, isn't he? Within yeah. he, he was he was previously um, the interim manager for him. Yeah. Uh, player manager sort of role, but um, yeah, his career at Man U, five hundred and fifty nine appearances, two hundred and fifty three goals. <sighs> clinical, clinical, clinical finisher. Beast. Won Champions League, Europa League. And he's done well on the big stages with like England as well. So like, I remember like watching him. Like We always used to rely on him slightly as well. But yeah. I remember player. one thing when we were younger. There were these, um, during the World Cups, there were like coins. Yeah. And they were like silver, silver coins and you had a booklet and you had to get all of the players from England or something. And I remember getting Rooney's Rooney, one. Rooney. Silver coin. One of the best the, ones. That was... Little. That was um, but anyway, today's guest has a lot of footballing knowledge herself, and I'm sure she will have a few words to say on this. Please welcome the third guest of the show, Becca Dunning. Love welcome, that. Welcome. Thanks, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. Um, Hi. Hi. Yeah. God, talking about um, Rooney, yeah, what a player. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a long time coming. I feel like he should have retired about five, five years ago. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's had a great career. So still, still doing bits in America. Yeah, so I know, I know. He kept going and carried on. I could see why he wasn't absolute animal still doing it, but now he's doing manager role. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure he'll be successful in that though. Um, get him Arsenal. <laughs> see what happens. Get- <laughs> oh, you need. Yep. <laughs> you take him as a player. Yeah. Even now, yeah. He'd be over Xhaka any day of the week. <laughs> but that's a whole other story, that. <laughs> Becca, you are a very experienced football player. Thank you, Lou. Um, do you want to tell people about your career in football? Yeah, so um, I started playing football when I was about 11. My dad started up uh, a football team down at Great Danes. Big up Great Danes. Um, Big up the crew. <laughs> yeah, so there was actually probably only about... 11 of us off off the bat so we didn't have that many players um and i was playing down at great danes with my friends for i think it was three years um and i loved it it was it was just a bit of fun really and i think it was at that point when i realized that i want to play and i want to do this properly not just for my local club so um i went for a couple of trials and 
um, ended up getting um, getting accepted into Essex Player Development Centre. Um, was there for a season and then um, trialled at their RTC, which is their regional talent centre. So um, when I got oh, into that, I was 15 um, and I played there for two seasons and that was the best time of my life because we were playing against like Chelsea, Arsenal, um, like Spurs, all of those big clubs. I mean, I know Essex doesn't sound like a massive club, but because of the league that we yeah. were in, we got to play against all these like great clubs and the facilities were just amazing so I think yeah that, that was definitely the the starting point for when I started playing um, and then obviously since I left Essex RTC I went straight into women's football and the jump was huge I mean I was I was like 17 years old 16 17 years old playing again playing against like 30 year old women and it was just crazy <laughs> I'm, a, I'm small anyway so yeah that was interesting but I've played for um, West Ham, Charlton, and now I'm currently at London City. Um, and what it. was it like playing for West Ham? It's a big club that a lot of people will yeah. know. Yeah, so when I played for West Ham, they were in Tier 3 of women's football, which is known as the National League. Um, and I was a regular in the reserves, and every now and again I'd get called up to the first team. And I think, Jane, you were there when I um, yeah. scored the I pen say, for the You're first to team. Fame. <laughs> you're claim to fame. <laughs> Still remember, is he, no? It was a roasting up I day. I remember that tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah tweet. I rinsed that. I did good, rinse that. That was, that was good. <laughs> That's what I mean. I was sitting at home, and I think no one, it was like, I'm playing, is in you was playing tonight. Yeah. I was like, I ain't doing anything else. I'm like, go have a look. Yeah. And then... You, I don't think you was expecting. I don't know if you was expecting to come on. I'm not sure, but you come on in in the end. You no, come so on and then they got a penalty. Yeah, I know. I know. I was I was chuffed to bits. But when I was at West Ham, like I said, I was like 16, 17 years old, and all of the girls yeah. that were playing in front of me had that had their first team spots were you know like late twenties, early thirties. So they were always going to get yeah. picked against me, but. Um, no. I got that chance. I had a, I, I did play a couple of games for them, but that was definitely my claim to fame for West Ham. Yeah. There was like something like 350 supporters, and my dad, yeah. my dad was crying. It was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that that was that was an amazing experience. And then um, from there, I, I left and went to Charlton. Um, and then yeah, as I say now I'm at London City. I don't I don't think Louis, you've you've come and watched me play, so. I'm gonna have to drag well, you along to the game. Oh. Yeah, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Get me over there and I can have a look, evaluate your play, uh, <laughs> see if you can join. <laughs> scout, scout me. You could be my my um manager, yeah. But how difficult was it to get to that stage, as in to be able to play for West Ham? Did you have to go through a lot of challenges? What were some of the lows and highs of your journey? Yeah, so um, there's obviously a lot of highs. I've had some great experiences playing football um, in, you know, cup finals and, and things like that. But the lows at times are hard to overcome, um, especially in football. I think everybody assumes that, you know, you enjoy playing, like it's, it's such a good thing to do. And when you're at the level that I was playing at, everyone probably just thought, oh, that's really cool that she does that and she's probably yeah. loving it every minute. But in reality, it's it's a really tough, tough journey. Um, so yeah. I left West Ham and that was probably, I had some great coaching there and it, it took me 
into playing for into playing for Charlton I was about 18 19 when I went to Charlton and I had so I, actually I'll just revert back to when I was at West Ham so West Ham obviously got promoted to the Super League and obviously I, I was like 18 years old I wasn't going to get promoted to with that with that team so they offered me a place in their reserves team um, and unfortunately it folded on the day of our first game so they didn't have How comes? they didn't have the funding Aye. which I think is Aye. such a massive massive issue in women's football we don't have Aye. the funding you'd think such a massive club like West Ham would would have yeah. would have all the money yeah. they need really you don't think a, a team like that you don't think they'd be struggling no, for funding exactly. and you'd expect them to yeah. distribute it to all levels yeah so it did come as within, a massive shock within their club yeah it was a massive shock and it left me obviously without a team so it because obviously it was the first game of the season clubs had already done their trials so it was it was tough for me to find a team and when I did it was it was Charlton and it was kind of halfway through the season already so they'd have they had their players and they were picking who they were picking every week and I wasn't getting in the team and I think you know purely that was because I I joined so late um, because of what happened with West Ham so that that was a real low point for me I think it was then that I started to feel uh, disappointed I'd say because I was struggling with the disappointment of being on the bench every week. And obviously, I think that that massively affect, affected how I felt about football because yeah. I just wanted to play and I love playing. And I mean, you guys know me so well, like football is <laughs> literally yeah. all I do. So to start feeling like I was falling out of love with the game was quite hard. Um, mm. I persevered, I went through with it. Um, but yeah, it was tough. It was tough. What were some of your players' thoughts and your thoughts of your own in terms of you're playing for West Ham, you get offered the chance to join the reserves, but then hearing that they haven't got the funding to help that team out, but knowing full well that West Ham men's team, their players are on hundreds of thousands, probably not hundreds of thousands, but thousands of pounds a week, but they can't put a decent amount of funding towards a women's football team when clubs like that should be the biggest advocates for increasing yeah. women's fo yeah. football. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think there's some amazing things that, that men's footballers have done in terms of promoting women's football, like Zaha. He um, funded Crystal Palace women's team um, for a couple of years because they were, running, they were really struggling with their funds. So there's some really, really good things that have come out of, of men helping women's football get to where it needs to be. But I think when our reserves team folded, I think it just highlighted to everybody that it's a whole different world women's football still. And even though we're taking leaps and bounds forward, there's still these massive changes that need to happen in order for us to sort of progress. Because, you know, it's not like it was fourth team or a fifth team we were literally the reserves we were the second team and they couldn't fund us so yeah, yeah. I think it just highlighted the inequality still in women's football but you know hopefully we'll get there one day hopefully yeah that's what I mean it's, it's always is with women's football I don't feel like it's, it's not on the TV enough as well it's always men's all the time I know it's, you get it sometimes but 
I don't feel like there's enough of it, if you know what I mean. I feel like it should be out there so much more than what it is. Yeah, I think when you start to get the publicity and, and yeah. the interest in women's football, then we'll see it on, on TV a lot more. And it, and it has been, actually. The Obviously, the um, FA Cup was on the telly um, yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, which was really positive. That was on BBC as well, so everyone could watch that. And they did get yeah. like millions of people watching it, which is brilliant. And obviously the World Cup, when they when they came second in that, that was amazing as well and yeah. encouraged a lot of participation for young girls. But yeah, we can always do more. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, I've interviewed you before about women's football and how it can be developed, but... You mentioned about some of the struggles previously that you'd faced growing up, just having to deal with being a girl wanting to play football. Is that is that where the problem starts? Yeah, 100%. I think it starts in grassroots. Um, because whilst I was playing football for Great Danes and I was playing grassroots football, I was also playing for the boys' team. And just just to get um, like my confidence up, and, and I was good enough to play for the boys' team. Um, and when I did play, um, I'd obviously get the comment like, oh, they've got a girl on their team. Um, she's going to be rubbish. They've got a girl on their team. And it was always quite entertaining when I skill one of them up and all their teammates yeah, go, Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> when you nutmeg them. Yeah, like... and, I, and I did. I mean, the occasional nutmeg, that doesn't happen that often. But, you know, when I run past someone and, and yeah. get a cross in or something like that, it they... they they couldn't believe it and I think that's the problem like I think it's got to be accepted from a young age um through to through to adults. I know that when we've had a kickabout and stuff you've probably megged me or put the ball past me but you'll have people out there that will go and say how women's football isn't at that level and will turn around and take the mick out of some girls but if you were to put them people onto a pitch with a girls football team yeah. I think a lot of them would change their mind within about five minutes because it's all well and good turning around and saying you look at men's professionals and comparing them to women's professionals. But you, yeah. as as fans, you can't you can't stand there and turn around and say women's football isn't a good quality when if you were to be on the pitch yourself, you'd be shown up. Yeah, yeah. I think and I think a lot of people that say those sorts of things have never actually watched a game of women's football which is the yeah. which is the problem but also i think you know men are genetically stronger than women we're never going to beat you guys on a uh, a strength test or or like a speed or in, something like that but pure skill if you put somebody if you put people next to, to a man and a woman next to each other and you say like show me a skill or, or skill just do a skill personally I don't think there'd be a lot in it between the top men's and women's professionals. Like, people will say what they want, but skill is a completely different thing. And I think the skill in women's football today is 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 head and shoulders above what it was 10, 15 years ago. That's what I mean. Is in talking about yourself, as in you used to play with us at like six aside, or you used to play like with my pals, as in our matches. I even remember the, the banger you scored against <laughs> Tim Pittman. I mean, Tim was it Tim Pittman? Yeah. Tim's is Tim's a top keeper who plays for hashtag, and he got 
absolutely done by this worldie that you scored from about <laughs> about the halfway near the halfway line, just in front already. I, I remember was. that. I remember it, that it literally lobbed him, and it went it honestly. It was so. It was a, such a good goal. Yeah, such a good goal. I think I think everyone was pretty surprised because there was a obviously I'd never played against your brother yeah. and his friends before, and I don't think they were expecting that. But also, I think I think they. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah they. They didn't know what to expect either. Yeah. Well, that's the good thing I suppose about about women's football is that you that's always good, yeah. like exceed people's expectations because they think so little of yeah. you. So that's always it's always yeah. it's always fun to score a banger. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever received comments that have that have made you think about continuing or like? Have, the, have you been hit with any comments that have made you want to just stop football? Yeah. Completely? Yeah, for sure. So, obviously, I mentioned when I was at Charlton, um, I was on the bench quite a lot. And that really, really got to me. And, as I said, made, made me start to fall out of love with the game. Um, and my coach at the time was not as understanding as I would have hoped him to be. Um I think he was of the view that this is women's football and it's not yeah. it's not kids football anymore but I was only 18 I I I was barely sort of barely a woman really um and I was struggling yeah. to deal with the disappointment disappointment of being on the bench um I persevered and stuck that season out and actually at the end of that season that coach left um and a new coach came in and he gave me the captaincy so I was actually captain um for a couple of a couple of months and I still hated it I hated football I, I didn't want to be there um, and it was actually it was hard because I was getting in from work and from up London eating my dinner and going straight to training three times a week and that and then getting in from training at like half 11 and having to get up at six for work the next day so I think that definitely played a part in it as well but there was a point, I think it was uh, October, not last year, the year before, October 2019, when I just thought, can't do this anymore. I hate it. I, I don't want to play. And I mean, you guys know how much of a big deal that is for me, really, to say, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So I stopped for about five months and got myself in the right headspace and was training at home, um, just in the parks and stuff. And Ben, ben will know he, I was going out for a kickabout with him just over Love Lane because I wanted to try and find that love for it again um, and I finally did and lo and behold coronavirus hit and the world went to pot and I couldn't play so the time that I really really wanted to play I couldn't and that's Lucky. where it's yeah <laughs> thanks for that you mentioned you mentioned how um Covid hitting stopped yeah. you being able to play football, but it also stopped women's football, mm-hmm. and women's football has been um, hit massively by Covid. You see, men's football is allowed to continue and is televised, um, even with numbers, uh, numerous numbers of Covid cases being detected within um, massive football clubs. What, what has it been like for women's football? How has women's football been hit by COVID? Yeah, so obviously right at the start, there was a point where men's and women's football both stopped completely. The Prem, the Championship, the Women's Super League, everything just stopped, didn't it, for a couple of months. 
Um, and then they needed to start again because the fixtures were, were not going to get played and they, they needed to get it done. So the men were allowed to, to, to play again. Um, and that was the Prem, the Championship, League One, League Two. And I think it was up to step seven of the men's league. So we're talking like conference football and national league and stuff yeah. like that. Um, for the women, the only two leagues that were allowed to restart were the Super League and the Championship. So there were two leagues that were allowed to continue and the men were getting, well, step seven to step one and then League, yeah. league Two, League One, all of that. So I think that that, that was that yeah. was hard because obviously I'm yeah. our first team at London City are step two, so they uh, Championship, sorry. So they were allowed to play, but being in the reserves team at Tier 3, we weren't allowed to play. So it was a bit gutting. Um, but also, I think, what was even worse was that the men's academy teams could play. So like all of the kids from like under 12 to under 18 could continue to play. But Mm -hmm. the RTCs for the women's game couldn't. So like the boys, Chelsea's under 12s were allowed to play, but the women's Mm -hmm. weren't. And I think that was, that was hard to take. And I, I struggled with that especially because obviously I've had that experience of playing in an RTC and I know how much it prepares you for your next steps. Yeah. And to see the boys still playing and the girls not, again, just kind of highlighted to it's me just, how far yeah. apart we are. And it still is, that's what yeah. it is. It's still happening, yeah. isn't it? Yes. But um, someone with your knowledge within women's football, what what is needed to to put you on to the same level or not even to be on the same level but to have the same rules apply I think we need and to have the same opportunities I think we need funding Um, because the main reason why the RTCs for the women's game can't continue is because they they, their staff aren't aren't able to sort of travel into work or, or whatever and they the facilities that they play at are closed because they also hold grassroots football and because grassroots football can't continue, then it kind of automatically says the RTC can't either because they're not just going to open the facilities for two hours, four, three times a week. Do you know what I mean? So I think the big thing is funding. Um, and Where do you get that funding from, though? Which is the next question. Yeah. Um, well, the FA, obviously, um, but also television and and um exposure to the media and things like that and and actually like you say Lou you know men's footballers are on so much money a week you know um, if they could help their RTC of their respective clubs then you know we'd be forever grateful for that so I think there's more that we can do but it's it's how we can get to that point yes it's a requirement that women's football need like a form of a grant, for example, in order for you to be able to accumulate um, or get you into a position that allows you to start accumulating money to mm-hmm. to help you, yeah. as in um, increase TV TV rights and money coming in through TV licenses mm-hmm. and stuff like that, yeah. and um, more publicity within the sport. So it's ju- it's just a case of getting. Um, men's football 
to realise that the only way for women's football to increase their growth is if men's football were to help help yeah. out. Yeah. And I think, basically. you know, there's some amazing things at the moment, like you're now seeing a lot of women's pundits and commentators and like Alex Scott is everywhere now, really. And I think she's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Um, and she's been great for the yeah. women's game. But you also need people like... Uh, like Ian Wright for example he loves Arsenal Women's Football Club like he loves it and he will always tweet about them and I think you need people like that who have got such a platform to encourage people to watch women's football and honestly just not saying this just because I'm an Arsenal fan but the Arsenal women's team are just phenomenal at the moment like they've got their uh, top goal scorer Vivian Medema who's scored something like 54 goals in 52 games like that's a crazy stat really and that's not something that you hear about really in men's football so yeah there's some great stuff in women's football that not a lot of people know about yeah i I wouldn't even know that's (laughs) exactly it's it's not it's not promoted enough i feel i don't i never see it's like never seeable i feel like it needs to be promoted so much more than what it is yeah as you're saying i think it deserves to be though. i think that's the key like yeah. it deserves to be have that platform 100 percent. that is what we wanted with this podcast because stuff that doesn't get promoted enough but we wanted to give it more of a voice and as so with women's football we hope that it can touch maybe another audience with us talking about it today so that'll be fantastic if we can get more people on board and listening about a subject which needs to be talked about a lot more coming up after the break we'll see if becca will crack under the big knockout questions and as well make sure you check out my music for this one you'll be listening to leave the world behind check it out see you soon
Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed Jamie's song, Leave the World Behind. It's an absolute banger. But now, it's time for knockout questions. Oh, damn. Jamie, play the intro. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is it. Knockout questions. Please welcome to the ring. The mighty, the magnificent, Becca Nice little intro for you there, Becca. How are you feeling? Nervous, actually. I've really um, crumble under cr- under pressure, so <laughs> I'll have to try and not make you it. You do seem myself. nervous. You seem nervous, <laughs> stumbling over your stumbling over your words already. Wow. Right, you sitting nice and comfortably? Yes. Jamie, have you got the clock ready? I'm ready. <laughs> right. Three, two, one. Which country is Brie Cheese originally from? France. Correct. What's the name of Prince Harry's brother? Uh, Pass. What is the largest country in the world? Russia. Correct. What fruit sits on top of a porn star martini? Oh, pass, I know it. <laughs> Typically, what's the strongest muscle in the human body? Passion fruit, I remember it now. Um, sorry, what was that question? Correct. What's the strongest muscle in the human body? Typically. Quadriceps. Incorrect. What is the highest mountain in Britain? Um, pass. Three answers, time up. What the? No, we're cutting that. You've got to give me some Holden. new questions. That is embarrassing. <laughs> no. Odin. That's the way it no, goes. No, you've got to give me new questions. You, you gave her another chance. You gave her another because she, yeah. she should have had three wrong. No, she got she went she passed, but she went back to the point. No, I gave her guys. that. I gave her that. No, guys, nice. please can we get another round? That's so unfair. I was being nice. I'm sorry. But at the no, end of that, please, you've that's got... so mean. You can't, you can't do that to me. Come on, can we just do it? Another you got three. Round? You got three correct. Well, Becca, shame, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I had 14 questions lined up for you because I thought you were going to do fairly well. I have massively let the team down here. Hundred percent. You've let yourself <laughs> down. You've let your family down. Someone's got to come last, though, haven't they? At least I've done yeah, everyone a favour. have to come last. No, after that you got three correct, which puts you in a uh, last place, and never. that means that Lewis, Lewis sits comfortably in top yeah. spot for now. I am never going to be allowed to forget this. I'm going to get absolutely rinsed in the group chat now. Yeah, I'm looking forward to oh, it. <laughs> now let's get back down to the pod. Becca, you used to work for the FA. I'm sure you've got many a stories to tell us about your time there. Yeah, my time at the FA, it was brilliant. Um, so I worked at the FA straight after sixth form. Um, I got an app- How did you get the job? I got an apprenticeship. So I was, we'd just finished sixth form and my mum was sending me over ridiculous amounts of job adverts. And this one actually really interested me because obviously it was to do with football and that's something that I love. So shout out to Christine for getting me the job. <laughs> Big shout, shout out, out. Shout out. Um, We love our shout, shout outs on this pod yeah we, yeah, we love it We love to see it So yeah, I, I applied for um, the apprenticeship scheme I didn't know what job I was applying for Because there were 12 different apprenticeship schemes 
so I was just applying for any of them um, and I had to go through four different interview processes so like it was pretty vigorous process um, and managed to bag myself a job in the women's and competitions team uh, which was yeah Decent. really cool I basically what my job was was sorting out cup competitions and league fixtures for the women's game um, but yeah. whilst obviously doing that job I got loads of cool opportunities um, sort of elsewhere in the organisation because obviously as an apprentice you get to do a bit of everything um, so that's yeah. really what I got yeah. up to yeah um, office wise where were you situated? Wembley so <laughs> that was pretty cool that, I, that is really cool I, what yeah. was what was it like just knowing that you were just in the stadium just working I bet like you've been there times before just to <laughs> Watch games running and stuff. on the pitch. Did you ever think that you'd you'd ever be there for your profession, working there at Wembley? No, it was it was it was amazing. I never ever got tired of walking up Wembley Way every morning. It was yeah incredible. Something that you know a lot of people don't get to do. So and obviously because we were working at Wembley, we had our meetings in the boxes of Wembley Stadium. So if you had like yeah, a meeting in yeah. a box, then Obviously, there's the massive window, and all you can see is the pitch. The ninety thousand seater stadium. Yeah, oh. it was so cool, oh. really cool. And when when you're on your breaks, you can just open, slide the doors open and go sit outside in the stand. And yeah, it was it was cool, yeah. really cool. Did you uh, whilst you were there? Did you ever get to see anyone famous? Yeah, um, I've got a few. I've got a few claims to fame, you know. Um, <laughs> that's what we love obviously we have a um a second sort of base so we have Wembley and then we have St George's Park which I'm sure you all know is like where the England men's team and women's team go to train and and prepare for their yeah. fixtures mm-hmm. so occasionally um I got to go up there and do a bit of work up there on various different things um and there was a couple of people that I saw sort of walking about St George's Park and you know I have a little fangirl moment there was I saw Stephen Gerrard walking up the stairs um I had a picture taken with Steph Houghton and Jill Scott who played for Manchester City and, and England as well and that was a really cool moment for me mm-hmm. especially because obviously women's football um I saw um, Oxley Chamberlain and um, Jack Wilshere. Um, they, were so, they were in the top. <laughs> who were they? <laughs> <laughs> Was Jack Wilshere in a wheelchair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was he on two legs? <laughs> they were both. They were both just chilling, sitting down. Um, but obviously. You know. <laughs> I was going to say. Both ex Arsenal players. So that was pretty cool for me to, to see them. Um, but I've, I've, I did a little bit of work um, with a company called Big Ideas whilst I was at the FA. Um, and with that, I got to interview three England players. And unfortunately oh, for me, they were all Spurs players. Oh. <laughs> Louis, you would have loved it. Um, I'm extremely jealous. <laughs> I got to interview Deli Ali, Kieran Trippier and Danny Rose. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It, was re- it was really cool. We had about an hour session with them um, and we were just sort of talking about 
um, a guy called Walter Toll, who's around like a hundred years ago, and he was um, he played for Spurs, um, and he was like the first black man to sort of be in the army, but also play football as well, and he was a yeah. captain in the I, army too. Yeah. I feel like I've seen this. Is this been on Facebook? Have you shared it? I feel like I've seen this somewhere. Still on the, BBC, the guy, yeah, yeah. the guy. <laughs> Yeah, I think I feel like you had a bit of a claim to fame. Oh, I did. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know if you put it in the chat. Yeah, so uh, that went yeah. on BBC. So I was quite, yeah, obviously really lucky to do that. Um, but I do have a funny story about this, um, which I'm sure you're oh, all going to hear. Well, Bring got. it to the table. So whilst I was interviewing them, um, the guy who was running it asked Deli Ali to test the mic. So he said. Deli, can you say a few words into your mic? And he goes, one, oh, two, three. And I went, that's, that's numbers, Deli, not words. <laughs> Got it! <laughs> and Danny Rose goes, ah, she's mugged you, mate, she's mugged you. <laughs> Deli Ali was not happy. Um, but my dad was proud of me because obviously he's a Spurs player, so I mugged him off. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that was Love that was that, that was a Love. really cool thing that I did whilst I was at the FA. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Claim to fame, mucking off Delhi Alley. Shout on, shout on Delhi Alley. <laughs> what? About, what? Any other stories? Um. Yeah, there's. I've got. I've got a few. So, also when I was at the FA, I've, honestly, that apprenticeship was amazing for me. I did so many cool things. I got to be a team liaison officer for the ukraine's under 21s men's team so i that basically meant that i had to go to sheffield with them for a week and be there for them if they needed any assistance so like i would go to football training with them like every day i'd sit with them whilst they were having their dinner go out to sheffield town center with them and just be there if they needed any help because I had the oral contact sort of thing and they none of them could speak English there was this one guy um who who was part of the um the management team and he spoke a li- like a little bit of English so me and him were the two that would talk to each other um but that was such an amazing experience and at the end they played um England under 21s um yeah at Sheffield United so you know that was amazing to go and be there and be a part of that and yeah that was that was tough though because obviously they couldn't speak english so it was there was a few sort of miscommunications yeah what was it like trying to get across all of the important information that you needed to it was were there any times that you were just like oh my god i just can't be doing this this is just too stressful (laughs) yeah i remember um when we went into the town center actually i felt like i was on a school trip and i was the teacher and i was like trying to get all these (laughs) i was like i was like 19 and they were all older holding one of them big sticks up with like a color just to show you where to go (laughs) and then a funny story actually i went into nike or adidas i think it was and bought a pair of trainers and came out yeah. and all of all of the blokes were like, ooh, <laughs> looking at me and pointing at the bag like, she's bought some trainers. Because <laughs> obviously they couldn't speak English, so they just try and make noises at me. But yeah, it was that was a really good fun. Yeah. That, that does sound pretty interesting. <laughs> were there any other um, situations when you were at the FA? The big talking points, big moments? 
I guess um, whilst I was at the FA, I was I was playing for West Ham at the time, and obviously they were going through the transition into the Super League. So it was re- it was quite interesting to be in that environment as a player and having the input as a player because a lot of the people that I was working with were older than me and didn't play football. So I think yeah. it was good yeah. to get that understanding of like the behind the scenes sort of thing um, yeah. at the FA yeah. and have that knowledge, I guess. Um, yeah, I bet that hundred percent helps though with having that knowledge mm. of playing. As in, if you haven't played, if you haven't played the sport or done the sport, then it's, you don't know a hundred percent. I would say that you know it in and out. Like you, you know how hard it is, yeah. like traveling and stuff like that. Yeah. They would never always like understand. They'd only know like maybe like the business terms, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's so much that goes that goes on behind the scenes that nobody that nobody knows about really. Um, yeah. I've got another funny story if you want to hear it. Yeah, go on. <laughs> go on, we got. This is when I was at West Ham and we'd uh, won a trophy and we were walking around the London Stadium um, and we got to sort of go on the pitch and have a little kickabout with the players before their game. I can't remember who they were playing. Um, but I was having a little one two sesh with Declan Rice. And oh, um, <laughs> we were just, we were kind of standing there like you know one two yes. between each other, and then he did like this fancy fancy skill, and I was like, oh, all no. right, did I'll you attempt something? I went I went for something. <laughs> did it was actually a decent skill, but at the end of it, I did a ball roll. My <laughs> foot got trapped on the top of the ball. No, I went um, over in front of him, no. and he was crying. <laughs> like on the, I'm, t- I'm talking like he was on the floor laughing. There was all these people watching, like coming into the stadium. Oh, no. oh, that was so embarrassing. He didn't even help me out though. He didn't even help me out. He didn't help you out. He was laughing. He was crying. He was actually crying oh. like tears. I loved I loved the fact that in your mind you must have been thinking, Oh, come on then. I'll have yeah. a little bit of this. Yeah. <laughs> and I would I would have pulled it off as well if it wasn't for that pesky ball roll that I tried to do. I'd... What have you done? I think I actually just laid there for a little bit because I thought if I get up now <laughs> I don't know what I'd do, so I just laid there, took it in. And then thought, right, I better get up now. Put your hand up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, just took a slow walk off the pitch. <laughs> Straight down the tunnel. That was it. Never seen again. <laughs> Never seen again at West Ham again. That was it. But what are you doing now for work? Obviously, COVID's hit. Mm-hmm. Everyone's working from home. How are you finding it? Yeah. Bear- bearable at the moment. Um, I'm working for the Football Foundation now, so... Um, we're a grant-giving charity for grassroots football, so I've gone from like the professional side of things to now grassroots football and like getting grants out there for yeah. anything really. So if you need a grant, yeah, hit me up. For is it grants for like astroturfs and stuff like that? Yeah. Or what is it? Yeah, everything. Anything or everything really. So obviously we do larger schemes for three G pitches and new changing room facilities yeah. or massive buildings. Um, uh, things like that like that's houses. what I mean you know how as in now you know as in from mm-hmm. actual basics of in how it happens behind the scenes that's that probably is in help you for the future as in like is that something you want to go further into or 
are you happy doing what you're doing at the minute or would you um i'm not what would you say you wanted to do for the future or you're not sure i'm not with COVID i'm not, as well, I'm not sure yet i think at the moment it's such a hard time to be looking for jobs as yeah as louis would know <laughs> um <laughs> yeah stressful time at the stressful moment times. um i think i think football is is always something that i've loved and i enjoy um so i think I would like to stay in it, whether I come out of it for a little while and go back into it later on, yeah. I don't know yet, but um, yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing industry. The sports industry is is en- endless opportunities, really. Um, so it's just about getting the right one, I guess. Yeah. 100%. You left your role at the FA and you dipped your toe in the uni life. Oh, here we go. How did it go for yeah. you? I knew you'd bring this up. Um, <laughs> we all want to know. We all want to know. Yeah. Tell us. So I guess this is um, an alternative to what Lewis was talking about on your last podcast. I yeah. know he loved it. Yeah. And was saying like, yeah, go to uni. It's amazing. But the one thing I would say is like, uni is uni's not for everyone. I know that like, obviously Jamie no, yeah, didn't go course. to uni. So I think. Yeah. I think yeah, university is great if you're sure that that's what you want to do, but. I did go there yeah. to study sports communications and marketing, and to be honest, yeah. I I wasn't sure if I was going to do that like for a career. I just went yeah. because I wanted to give it a go and I wanted to have that uni life. But yeah, yeah, I was home every weekend, wasn't I? So I didn't really, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really get that that uni experience. But also, I mean, I was travelling to Charlton for training three times a week so I wasn't going out and I wasn't getting that social aspect of things so I think that definitely had an impact but yeah uni's uni's not for everyone and if you're not sure then it's a lot of debt to get yourself into at least you're honest about it as well you know yeah when you got there you gave it what how long did you give it until you a couple of days wasn't it (laughs) (laughs) three months not a couple of days um, yeah, yeah. Three, yeah three I thought it was shorter than that. It felt like a week. Well, I was I was home quite often. Um, yeah, I free. I missed my friends and my family. <laughs> three months is is how long it takes for you to start doing actual uni work. First three months is just going out partying. So I presume you just did it, got that sort of side of it done, and then was like, nah. No, don't fancy even... the actual learning nah, side mate. of uni. <laughs> I didn't even really get the partying because obviously I was training so much and yeah. by the time I got home from training it was like 11 o'clock and I was like oh I just want to go to bed but you know uni is um, uni is amazing um, like from when we visited Uno and when we've gone to see yeah. gone, gone up north to see Joe like that side of things yeah. is, is brilliant but I think as well what was hard for me was I'd gone from working and earning money to like six out six contact hours a week and sitting in my room for the rest of like it was completely different so everyone's everyone's circumstances are different but yes louis i did drop out of university at least you gave it a go (laughs) no of course and plus you're honest about it as well and there'll be people listening to this that maybe are at uni and maybe feeling the exact same way that you were Mm. and yeah, I'd just say don't be afraid yeah. to drop out. Or uncertain about, yeah. Yeah, and exactly. there's always... Exactly. There's, it, although, you know, you've got a bit of debt that you've got to 
um, repay. It's not the end of the, it's not the end of the world to drop out of university. And what I would say though is start looking for jobs before you drop out. Big tip. Yeah, big tip. Biggest yeah. tip of the day. Look for big jobs tip. Before. <laughs> but how are you finding COVID at the moment? And of course, lockdown. We can't go out. No, no more merchant. No more pubs. No, no, no more cheeky Nando's. <laughs> Nando's, yeah. yeah, it's been hard. It, <laughs> it's been hard. Sorry. <laughs> David just having a little cry in the corner there. Sorry, I needed that moment. Carry on. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been hard. It's been tough, actually, especially because I've I can't play football and I'm having to keep up that fitness. On, yeah. on my own and I'm lucky that we have a treadmill um, thank you Ben for giving us that um, shout, out, shout ben. out Ben shout out Ben it's actually Mark Philly but shout yeah. out um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we've got a treadmill and I've got a bike and I'm keeping myself fit but yeah I'm dreading the day when I play my first 90 minutes there is nothing like match day fitness I'll be absolutely knackered I think but it, it's good that it's good that we've got access to that equipment and yeah. because I think don't go attempting any sort of skills on your first yeah. game. Mate. Don't want to repeat. Keep it basic. No, 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 <laughs> no ball rolls. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's been tougher this time round because obviously we had, when when it was the first lockdown, it was brighter days and we had the summer and that made it a yeah, little bit more yeah. bearable, but. Like, as you know, it gets dark at like four o'clock and it struck. I think the thing is that I'm just struggling to stay motivated to, 100%. to do things. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, and it's not even like, like being able to just meet up with your mates and yeah. just have that sort of social yeah. interaction that would help, especially at this time of year mm. when it's like, it, it gets dark early. And yeah. as soon as as soon as it starts getting dark early, you just kind of you lose motivation to do some stuff, yeah, and exactly. it, it would be the ideal time to just go to the pub or go out for a meal with your mates and stuff. Yeah, yeah I can't, I can't wait for. But that's what that's what we are enjoying about doing this pod is that it, it is kind of like our our form of like socialising yeah, at the moment, being able to just meet up, and even people listening to it will be able to treat it like just meeting up with your mates and and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, pub. yeah. I can't wait for the day when we can all go to the pub though. Uh, Not in groups uh, of eight either. Groups of six. Groups groups of six. Shot, 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 shot. Who would make the cut? <laughs> Who would make Ooh. the cut? <laughs> that is a tough, tough But question. um Jame, I, I do think it is that time on a show where you ask your all important question. Hello, as as I always say. I have to say it, I have to ask the question. I've been thinking about it since last night. This one, this one touched me hard. My brother Nando gave me a call and said he wasn't sure. He wasn't sure what Becca has for Nando, so I have to ask the question, the golden, the golden ticket of a question. What do you have for your normal Nandos, Becca Dunham? This is another... Whatever I say in response to this question... I'm going to get rinsed again. So I've had two setups. I can tell. 
I can tell there's going to be a ra- you're going to have a rap, ain't you? I can see it in your eyes. You're you, you're going to or you're going to have a rap. Water, or plane chips, corn on the cob. No. Some okay. bullshit side order. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to get rid of this, Go but on. I'm not. A sp- on, I'm not. I can't do spice. So I get plain grilled chicken wrap. I can see the okay. nods of disapproval right now. Um, grilled it's plain okay. chicken it's wrap. It's okay. It's okay. Peri peri chips because I can just about bear peri peri chips before I need to. Blow my nose, um, and <laughs> <laughs> the disgust on Jamie's face, the confusion. Carry on. We haven't got to the end of this. Carry on. Grilled chicken wrap, peripo chips. Before I make my decision. You know that that little side dish that has like grains. It's called grains and greens, and it's like. Oh no! <laughs> I remember oh, this. God. This is what I mean. This is what I was waiting for. Some bullshit side dish that <laughs> I remember that you always sides. used to get. The bullshit side. Yeah, it's just like rabbit there. food. It's rabbit <laughs> food. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah, see, I knew God. I'd get rinsed. Oh. <laughs> I wish but, I'd have lied. I wish I'd have lied. Despite, yeah, the rest of the order. Fair enough. Fair enough. Matt, yeah. Drink. Fair enough. <laughs> get a drink. Oh, you go water save and, yourself, you go please water save yourself. With, don't say water. With, you go water and fill it out with Fanta, don't you? Isn't that what everyone does? Oh, we have a bad girl. <laughs> Sounds like the island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd go bottomless, bottomless drink. It's got to be. You can't be getting I just water, can't believe can this. This is... This has ruined my day. I, I just... I forgot about that rabbit foot, honestly. <laughs> I remember it now. I don't get what is it? What is in that it's for actually my learning? My learning. <laughs> for my it's learning. <laughs> what is it? I don't actually know what it is. <laughs> it's um Get it out of the back from the rabbit of, rabbit fest. A little bit of like um A little bit of the bubbler. <laughs> a little bit of spice. Um a little bit of leaves. So like lettuce leaves and then A little bit of leaves. <laughs> And then some right, beans. This sounds like a tree already. And then some sounds beans. like a tree. These dropping down, Jay. But not like baked beans. It's it's like kidney beans and quinoa and stuff like that. Quin- is it quinoa? Or qu- yeah. Quinoa. Yeah. Quinoa. And then um, some like avocado sauce. It's really nice. What a load of nonsense! It's lovely. I would highly recommend. But you would. I, I thought you would have went for like halloumi as a start. You're not oh, a halloumi. Oh wait, sorry, I forgot that bit. I put pineapple oh. and halloumi in the wrap. What? Oh, pineapple. Oh. Yeah, oh. chicken wrap with pineapple and halloumi inside. It's it's so good, I see. What are you doing, Christ? For people that haven't tried Jamie, it, Jamie, part of me just to wants to it. cut this out. <laughs> I'm not sure about this now. I feel like there's going to be a lot of hate coming your way. Sour note. Don't knock it till you try it. A lot of hate coming your way. Yes. Send send them tweet uh, Instagram messages directly to uh, Becca underscore Dunning. There's been some great stories from you, Becca. Um, It's been a pleasure having you on. I hope hope you've enjoyed it. And thanks, thanks, thanks for agreeing to be on the Tea Talk podcast. Yeah. Thank you.
thanks yeah. for having me guys I'll um, remember this when you're all big and famous and got your own own TV yeah. show we're still waiting on the sponsor it's going to be tough to, <laughs> tough to uh, forget this one so, I'm sure uh, it will come through soon <laughs> shout out Nando's give me my fucking chicken <laughs> I'm ready, waiting. No, it's, no it's, it's, it's been a good on. episode. No, thank you for coming on. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Tune in next week when we'll be speaking to Andrew Tyson about the life of being a West Ham kit man. Don't forget to follow our socials and email in any questions you have to the T Talk podcast at hotmail.com. Louis, Becca, it's time to leave the table. See you all next week.